0: Why is that so hard? Um, and so the results of it is that we get bent out of shape, and um, and so my concern is that we begin to get our life together and say, Lord, I need to come to you. I really need to come to you and do the things that's necessary to make this thing happen. Well, um, our passage of scripture this morning is, is located in John, the 14th chapter. And Jesus Christ made some things very clear to his disciples. It's my desire just to kind of make sure that we as believers, uh, we are, we're sitting in now, the disciples have gone through all the training. He ready to send them out. And so we're sitting in a meeting, really. Let's bow and prayer, Father, in our time together, help us to hear what Jesus say, uh, is saying to his disciples. And it's written for our benefit, for things that are said to them, a lot of it, Lord, a lot of it readily apply to us. So the things that apply to us, Lord, help us to make sure that we take heed, great is your faithfulness, for in Jesus' name we pray, and all the saints said, amen. So uh, this morning, uh, keeping it together, <laughs> uh, earlier we talked about being steadfast, unmovable, well, this now just keeping it together. When 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 the whirlwind is going around, um, uh, you need to take do a self check and say, "Am I still here? You know, <laughs> uh, keep keeping it together, uh, w- regardless of what is the doc- doctor's report or whatever the case may be, uh, keeping it together." Okay, uh, Josh. Okay, thank you. I uh, wonder where that comes from. Okay, my PowerPoint. Uh, define, <laughs> define the term. Uh, um, uh, let's read it together. I, I think that's very important. Um, the spiritual ability to immediately commit every challenge and character builder in life under the guidance and control of the Holy Spirit. Everything that's coming toward us, um, I don't know what you're confronted with. The Lord says, commit it, commit it. Don't try, in other words, don't try to handle this thing alone. If you're coming in here overwhelmed, depressed, angry, sorrowful, and all of these others, the Lord says, why are you here? Why are you coming this way? By the time I finish, I hope to to, to convince you, the Lord is saying, there's never a time in a believer's life where they should be at the bottom of the barrel. Never. Never. And here's, and we're uh, lining now how the Lord says, here's how you structure it. Here's why you shouldn't be at the bottom of the barrel. Yes, you'll probably be at the bottom of the barrel, physically, but not mentally. If we can separate that, we can, if we can do that, then we can keep a whole lot of believers from being depressed and all these other things, okay? Huh, look like um, this is not operating the way it should must have taken it out of the PowerPoint the way it was set up. OK. OK. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let's read that bottom part together. Ready? Now, now, notice what the Lord says in, in two of these areas. First one is, let not your heart be troubled. You see, you see the word? Let me go back over it, the tape. Let not your heart, don't let your heart be troubled. Whose responsibility is it? Responsibility is it? That's ours. It's not, it says, if you are troubled, you let it trouble. You let, your, you let your heart get troubled. Don't go there. The Lord says, don't go there. Don't go there. Says. And then 1427, it says, peace I leave with you. Then it says, my peace I what? You see, I, I leave it with you. And, then, and, and guess what? I give you. I'm giving it to you. You have my peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding, not the peace that the world gives. That's conditional peace. We have on a peace treaty. You keep your weapons over here. I keep a, and I'll keep keep an eye on you. I got my spy planes going, make sure you got your stuff over there. And they say, oh, we are on a, we have a peace treaty. But you do one thing and that peace is broken. The Lord says, that's not the type of peace I'm giving you. I'm giving you the type of peace that regardless of what it is, I don't care whether you're down in the pit like Joseph. I don't care whether you're being tossed into the uh, flames like the uh, Hebrew boys. You have the peace of mind that regardless of what it is, you, see, you start singing the song, I shall not be moved just like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And the Lord wants us to have that type of peace. If you let trouble trouble you, then it's not the trouble that's the problem. Repeat that to me. If I I let trouble 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 me, then the trouble is not the problem. My my goal is to, to prove that point. How can God give us peace, see, and then tell us that we're in control? When he says let, see, okay, then the whole idea now is that let not your heart be troubled, okay? We live in a world that is deeply troubled. Our great nation has forgotten God. Any name but Jesus is permitted to be mentioned in our uh, educational system without a negative response. The biggest problem is not the transition of the leadership in our government, but who or what is controlling our hearts and minds at this moment, challenges in our personal life, everyday, life every, uh, everyday lifestyle. The most crucial factor that we must consider is not the crisis of our time, but the faith, strength, and courage of the saints of God who are more than conquerors to him who strengthens us. Here, here's where it's at. See, uh, and this is because this is a sermon by itself. Um, when we talk about, remember Esau. And Esau had a problem. Esau's problem is where America's problem is. Esau was given a birthright, and not only the birthright, but also the blessing. When he despised the birthright for some soup, you see, and then when he gave away his soup, the soup, then he did, he still cried to his father, well, then just give me the blessings. America has a birthright. And our birthright in America has been set up within our constitution. And everyone, all the things that set up for us to function. See, but right now we're in a stage where all we want is a blessing. Right. Believers have a birthright, but you hear now about folks talking about the blessings. They don't care about the birth, seem like they don't care about the birthright. They don't care about what God has blessed you with. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places. don't care about the birthright, all they want to do now is to be blessed, name it and claim it and and, uh, uh, look at it and count it to be so and all of these other things and the Lord says, in all of that, you know what you've forgotten me so when the storms come you're looking at your blessings disappear instead of me being here so he says I want to clarify some things in your mind, in your heart Uh, Our aim? To encourage us to keep it real in a world that is quickly moving in a negative and divine encounter with God. Everything that's happened every day, every moment, the clock is ticking. God is saying time is getting to the point where God will say enough is enough. I need to use a message to really go and look at Scripture and show what God's going to do to this world. If you think that some of these fires and some of these earthquakes and something like that, when you start thinking about one-third of of, of mankind, one-third of this and one-third, this world, again, under God's judgment will be tremendous. And that's not counting that after they die, they're going into the lake of fire. So that's, that's the scenario. And while in the scenario there's a rebellious heart against God, and the disciples are getting ready to be sent out into a world like this to give them the good news. Now, what do you think the world's going to do against these guys? Understand something? For three, almost three to three and a half years, these guys have been under good covering. I mean, what I mean by a good covering is simply this that they never went hungry, okay? They never had to worry about enemies jumping them. They didn't have to worry about storms overwhelming them. Jesus was there. <laughs> Jesus was there. And, and here what they didn't realize, more than Jesus, they, ex, those 12 guys experienced actually God in the flesh walk with them for three point something years. God. And so God the son says, I had to leave. He says, when I leave, <laughs> you're my disciples, and they're going to treat you just like they treat me. Same world, same hard-headed folks going to treat you like they've treated me. So the background is that Jesus recorded his final words to his disciples. No more miracles or teachable moments. Their training had come to an end. And it was time for the next phase of God's plan for the salvation of the whole world. Number one, the preparation. Let not your heart be troubled. That's what he he tells me right now. He says, there's, there's some things that what you need to do right now is not what's happening on the outside. Let's get it together on the inside. You know how, the, how you destroy people? You destroy them from the inside out, not from the outside in. They call it brainwashing. You get, you get folks to start believing stuff, and all of a sudden they start turning over their stuff. He started telling folks that they're dumb and stupid and everything else. like giving an environment where they say they're dumb and stupid. All Once you get their mind, Khrushchev said years ago, give me your children their, your, their minds all the way up to a certain age, and then you can have them back. The world is struggling for the mind of our children. Once they grab the heart, as a man thinks in his, his heart what? So is he. God wants to make sure that regardless of what's going on, we need to just kind of take a little check on our hearts and where we are every moment. Oh, we look at everything else. We go to the mirror to see how we, we're looking before we go outside. I hope we do. You know, <laughs> you know, make sure we look cool. Okay. But when uh, pretty or cool. And when we, when we step outside, we want to make sure that, you know, we're looking presentable. But the Lord says, you do all of the external, but I want you to be ready for the I- for the internal also. There's some things that are going to hit you whether you stay in the house. Mm-hmm. That's right. With our congregation, so many things has happened. Um... You you you're looking at you no know, years over a ten years period or, or more. All the things that have happened, far as uh, loved ones, children growing up. I mean, just a number of things. The, the, the years have passed, and even just the years, the transition of years, things have happened. And you yourself are witnessing some things, and and sometimes they become very frustrating. And each time a small saw so, a soft force says. I got this. A troubled heart is a chosen condition. Read that again. Ready? A troubled heart is a chosen. You choose to be troubled. You don't have to stay there. You can be in the trouble and everything else, but if you stay there and they keep on body and you can't, the Lord says, you know what? The trouble is not on the outside. Back up a little bit and get it straight on the inside. This is a, listen, this is a character builder. What do you think counselors do when they talk to you? Do you think that they're dealing with your external situation? You think they're going to talk to this person that's bothering you or that person who's bothering you? No, 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 no. The first thing they want to get straight is what's happening to you on the inside. And so they're saying, well, how are you responding to this? How are you affected by this? How do you feel? Number one, we are responsible for what we know, and what we know will greatly affect how we act or react. Two, a troubled heart cannot change circumstances or reverse the outcome. That's why when we talk about this, let not your heart be troubled, we can't, we can't control it nor reverse it. So, so when the weatherman tells you that it's going to be 38 degrees, what are you going to do? You, you better get a cold. <laughs> you can't reverse it. You can't control it. You better make the, you have to make the decision. You can complain about it and everything else, but it's still going to be 38 degrees. See, it's not, the problem is not the 38 degrees. You know you're in Chicago. It's gonna be thirty-eight degrees. So don't complain to another Chicagoan, man. It's thirty-eight degrees here in Chicago, and they look at you and say, "Yeah, so." You just wait. Just wait a minute. Just wait, just wait a little minute. Just. Karen and I were pulling out of the alley, and we thought it was. We didn't. At first, we thought it was a muskrat. They said, "No," I, then I said, "No, hon, that's not muskrat. Muskrat don't have small ears like that," and. Uh, I hear it, that shape. he then said, said, well, maybe it's a raccoon, you know because a raccoon has a certain coloring and everything else. It was a cat. That cat had a, like a fur coat on. They, now what, uh, what I want you to do is keep your eyes on how the cats uh, what, a, what the cats are doing right now. All the cats, their furs are growing real thick. God prepares his animals for what's getting ready to happen. Every winter, you know what I look for? I look at the cats. And, the, and, and that cat, I mean, it was looking like, you know, uh, I mean, it was like, I'm ready for this. I, first, I, I really, because it's too big for a rat, it's not a must rat, it was a cat. And this cat saying, I'm in Chicago, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't change it, okay, but one thing I'm gonna do. I'm going to co- trust God to cover me <laughs> so I can go through it. <laughs> See? And guess what? God's saying, come to Jesus. I can, I, I can take you through this. I can take you through this thing. Number three, let's read number three. Troubled heart is a sign that God's child does not have his peace abiding in him or her. If your heart is troubled, then something is not abiding. Number four, a troubled heart have a tendency to look inward instead of upward. Your eyes don't move in two, two different directions. Either it's looking this way or that way. Either you're looking upwards toward God, we're looking to the hills from whence cometh my help, you see, or we're looking inward at our problems and we get burdened down with our problems. And my concern is where, where are your eyes? Number five, read it. A troubled heart has a very weak theology. Why do you think the Lord wants us to know him? To know him is to trust him. To trust him is to have perfect peace. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he what? Trust in thee. I think it's Isaiah 26.1. If, if that's the case, then listen, beloved saints of God, we have a responsibility to trust Him. You believe in God, believe also in me. <laughs> Number one, the outcome will always depend on the spiritual level of approach to the problem. Believing God. You know what Hebrew says, right? Let's read it. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He says, the outcome will always depend on the spiritual level of approach to the problem. Believing God he says, you believe God? If you believe God says, believe me. You believe me, my peace I given to you. Simple as that. It's, it's, not a, it's not a hard formula here. You don't believe me, you have problems. You're struggling all the time. The Lord says, you don't have to do this. I'm not saying that a believer walks around like they have a banana in his mouth, you know, and they're smiling all the time. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the um, uh, the believer is not realistic yes they recognize that they have a problem yes they recognize that the situation is not great but you know what as they look at that they say i see all of this and i see what's going to happen but my god will take me through this whole thing and i'm going to trust him and so your tests become your testimony and your mess will become your message Amen. I stole that, so I better give it back to the. Okay. (laughs) Because when you come and you go through it, everyone, you just look at scripture. Every one of the believers who trusted God, the story did not fold with them dying, desperate, and everything else. Whether it was a Job, it was it a Joseph, was it was a Daniel, it was it the Hebrew boys? Each one, each one, they trusted God. And then they had a God, God showed up. They had a God sighting. God showed up in their life. And boy, what a testimony. But you don't have a testimony if you're not tested. So so don't don't fight it, it doesn't feel good. I don't like it. You don't like it, but it'll happen. The plan. Here's the scripture, let's read it. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives to you. I, I, I the trouble, but you need them be afraid. Amen. There are several things Jesus shared with his disciples, and is also applies to us. The Holy Spirit, whom God will send, he will teach. He will be able... Uh, he will, be able, he will enable you to remember, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It, these are the things that I pulled right out of the verse. Yeah. See, the next thing it says, I'm going away, but you're not gonna be alone. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. I'm sending the other uh, part of the Godhead and his, his, I've been with you guys for three years. Said now, now, I'm tagging off, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's gonna set in, gonna come in, and He'll be there with you. And guess what? While He's there with you, you'll be in. A, you you will have graduated, and He's gonna be teaching you some other things. He'll help you to remember. We have, nobody. The Lord calls us sheep because sheep have a tendency to forget so easy. He helps us to remember. Says, "Don't let your heart be troubled," and then neither let no nobody look what he added to it. Neither let it be what. A troubled heart is a frightened heart. A troubled heart is a frightened heart. <laughs> then let's look at the purpose. He says, "Now I'm telling all of this," and then I jump to uh, the 16th chapter we're looking at the 14th chapter then we jump to the 16th chapter because the 16th chapter lays out some things as to why he's telling them all of this and so here's what Jesus began to say I have said all these things to you to keep you from what I don't want you to fall away if you don't keep it together I guarantee you'll fall away What do you mean by fall away? How does a person fall away? Whenever, I, I find this over and over again, whenever believers are really down in the dumps, instead of going to the saints, they draw away from the saints. And they start drifting away from the things of God. And the further away you get, the more Satan begins to really work on your mind. and God's voice become weak because you're so far away from him. He doesn't want us to do that. Let's read the second one. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering service to God. Wow. Next. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. Next. But I have said these things to you, that when that hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. It, it, now, notice, now notice this now. Um, uh, but I have said these things to you that went now This is what really caught my attention. But when I, I said these uh, things to you, that when, didn't say your hour come, did it? No, what did it say? Their hour. God says, I got them, I got them. <laughs> you see, I, I know you're going through it, but when their hour come, God says, I know they're going to do it. I got it all mapped out. But when their hour come, this is what, they, this is what they're going to do to you. Don't get bit out of shape. You may remember I told you. Oh, they'll have their moment. There'll be times in his. There have been time in history. There'll be times in the future where it seems like the world is winning, and it seems like God is strong. is is so silent and he's not doing a thing. And God is saying, "I got this." Just because that little thing about your arm too short to box with God, just because they're throwing a few punches and what have you, do you think? that has any eternal significance with God. God says, every saint that you kill come to be with me. So I'm not losing anything. So everything you do doesn't mess up my program. It just proves that you're still rebellious and you won't listen to my chance of giving you salvation. Jesus gave several reasons why the disciples had to keep it together. And it's really, I just marked out about four. One, to, to do what? Keep them from to keep them from falling. We need you. As we begin to wrap things up, we need you to remember to keep it together so you won't fall. You won't fall away. Two, do what? To prepare them for the inevitable. That's why we, we've heard me quote Isaiah so many times. When thou passeth through the waters, I will be with thee. When means it's going to happen. Thou is going to happen to you. <laughs> Pass through means you're not going to stay there. It says, I will be with you, Jehovah Shammah. God is says he prepared them the next thing to reveal their afflict to reveal their afflictors blindness and deception he say they, they don't know me oh they're going to profess to know me but they don't know me they don't know the father don't know me that's why they're doing you in and the the more we move toward the, our lord and savior jesus christ uh, coming, the more you'll find that those who hold the gospel will be under tremendous persecution. The church will not be in the thousands, but will be among the faithful. Four, to establish a personal point of reference to remember and respond in a God-mannering manner. that when it does happen, Here's what it boils down to: How am I going to respond to the issues that's going to come my way? How am I going to handle this? How am I going to deal with this? Are you going to say praise the Lord anyhow? Make that a part of your vocabulary, because I don't know, I don't know what the Lord's going to bring about, but my prayer for you and for me. Oh Lord, prepare my heart. (sighs) We're living in the last days. Mm -hmm. I notice the things what they have on television and everything else. Right now, they're putting more of the mystical and all these other things. Um, uh, The movie theaters and everything else, they're bringing all of this uh, stuff up. And what it does is desensitize individuals. Uh, they bring in all the, they the heighten the murders and everything else, desensitize individuals. We looked at uh, movies where they used to, s- they used to say God. And they used to say Jesus. They don't have those on 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 the screen anymore. Ah, uh, not no no. Because the world is saying we are going to be our own God. And in America, money is God. And here's what, here's what Jesus Christ said. You can't serve God and mammon. Either you're going to love one or do what? Hate the other. So then, I I find that Whatever goes wrong now, always look for the money trail because somewhere in the line is money. Our prisons, boy, our prisons are growing. These criminals and everything. Do you know the clothing business in the penal crim- in, in system? Do you know that they have to be fed? Who feeds them? Then to come out to find that some of the officials are providing the food and the clothing. They're making money off the penal system. I say, wow. So then, yes, the person did the crime, but our penal system is growing larger and larger, and nobody wants to deal with what happens in the home. And I want to challenge you this morning. Lord, check my heart out. Check my heart out. One last thing. You've been very patient. Since we're not home yet, it's very important that we stay in the ready alert mode, having a fixed mind on the things that will be pleasing and honoring to God. I say, stay alert. You know, that's that's one of the things he kept saying to the disciples. Couldn't you just pray with me, guys? <laughs> Couldn't you just pray with me for just a little bit? I, I'm just going to go and pray to the Father. I'll, I'll be right back. He come back, and they found the guy asleep. <laughs> he did that about, about two times. He said, hey, you know what? Sleep on. It's, it's too late now. And, and the Lord is saying to us, don't you know it's it's that you should be on the alert? Oh, life's going to go on. You're going to have times of blessings and you're going to praise God for the blessings. You're going to have times of challenges and you're going to ask God to help you do it. All of that's part of life. But meanwhile, God is saying, what I want you to do is to be steadfast, unmovable, always abiding, abiding abounding in the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. So as we close this morning, I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for me. Because there's some things that probably happened last week. I don't know what's going to happen this week. But did you let your heart get troubled? (laughs) Did it kind of stress you out some? You know, uh, when I was going over these verses and then uh, over... um, being steadfast, and then also uh, the, the message itself. It not it's like a two-edged sword. It started talking to me. There were some things, there were some concerns on my heart. And, and the Lord was saying, huh, I got this. I got this. Why are you worrying about my, my territory? <laughs> be concerned about what you should be doing. My prayer this morning is that. If you need to make that adjustment, if you didn't do that well this week, I'd like to pray for you. Because I don't know what the rest of this day's going to be. I don't know what the rest of this week is going to be. And I want you to be on top. Why? I want your week to be that every day God is pleased that you close it out glorifying him. And uh, guess what? We are saved unto good works. And we'll save it for the foundation unto what? Good works. So as we uh, close this morning, if you're that person, I would like to pray for you. you. We make that adjustment. Well, I need to make an adjustment in my my thinking. I need to make that adjustment. I don't know what's coming up. I don't know. But I want to make sure that when it does come, I'm right on target. The greatest shame would be, you heard what I said, and still be bent out of shape. Then please tell me. What is it that the Lord supposed to do. When you refuse to do. What he has told you. I don't know. I really don't. Please tell me. I'll share with the congregation. But it has to be biblical. What is it that the Lord supposed to do. When you refuse to do. What he told you to do. Let's bow in prayer. Father, I just want to pray right now for the saints of God, and uh, I, I stand with them. I want to make sure that I make the proper adjustment that my decisions, my words, and everything else aligns with your will and your way. Lord, we are people of the times. We are we're travelers g- going through this, uh, this world. This, this is not our home. And, Lord, that's not a a cute little phrase, Lord. That's a reality. And so, Lord, we first ask that you um, strengthen us and help us to refocus. Help us to make the main thing the main thing. You said it in a very simple way. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then you told us, Lord, that we ought to cast everything, everything over to you. Help us not to be guilty of holding on to something that is prone to destroy us. So I I pray for the saints, Lord. I, I pray for... Their spiritual well-being. Because if their spiritual well-being is together, it's like the wheel in the middle of the wheel. Everything else will start clicking into place. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, make a difference in each one of their lives. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly, more than what I can even ask or think. There might be some Lord who say might be saying, this doesn't apply to me. Open their eyes, Lord. Help them to remember what has been said this day. And for those who do not know you as Savior, I just pray that you will um, help them realize that Jesus Christ made it all possible. They have to realize that they're sinners, that they can't save themselves. And they need to ask the forgiveness of their sins that has been established through the blood of Jesus Christ to become yours. And so, Lord, I'm glad that you will do what you promised to do, that you will in no wise cast about. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints say,